Hi guys, it's uh, AJ here and Lydia. Uh, we're doing, I believe, our 17th podcast. And um, just uh, for anyone that's tuning in for the first time right now, uh, I'm AJ. I really like a combination, what would you call it, Lydia? A combination of... Business what? and philosophy. Sure. And I, I think that's what our uh, podcasts are about. Uh, there's a little bit of life advice. You don't have to be in business to take lessons from here. And... Um, Lydia helps me getting the message out, asking the right questions, and she's also working for me right now, so that's where it comes in. Uh, we're going to change the format slightly. Uh, I think we're shrinking the podcast a little bit from your typical 35, 38-minute uh, down to about the 25-minute mark. Um, just something easier to take on and, and, and go through. Um, and today's matter, I guess, is very important. Uh, it's about people. And why most people, in a way, and I know we talk about the same subject in a lot of ways, why most people aren't successful or don't end up doing what they want to do, um, but it's looking at that question more from a neuroscience standpoint um, and, and, a, and a cognitive standpoint, maybe. Do you know what I mean? And the idea being that there's so much to think about, so much to do in the world right now, that a lot of people are not working or doing or choosing the right things to work on. Um, and some of this could be hardwired um, within us. There are certain, certain things we do get more emotion and, and we feel are way more important than others. Uh, and some of it could just be extremely bad planning or not understanding um, how the game works. Uh, an idea of this is imagine you're a business. And uh, I heard a really good example. I was actually at a conference uh, this week and uh, there were some German investors who, who invested with this guy and they gave him $10 million to, to use around and throw around the money however he wanted. He ended up spending a good few hours on the phone with the people he was procuring his computers from um, to save maybe four or 5,000 bucks. And eventually the, the investors learned of this where he was there and he's like, what are you doing? You need to be focusing your time on what's important, the is revenue. That, is that your attempted German accent? Yes, yes, it's my attempted German accent. But, but um, so uh, he didn't get it originally, like after this happened. But, but uh, the lesson, and it was, a, it was a deep one, is like because he's the guy running the company and because we have a limited bandwidth. So it's not like as we do more things, we have a capability to do more things. We only still have a capability of doing limited things. So the skill that becomes important when there's too much to do is a skill to be able to kind of identify and work on the biggest things. That, that becomes even more important in a world where there's way too much to do. In a world where there's very little to do, that's a useless skill because you mm -hmm. just do whatever comes to you. Yeah. And so we've seen that change basically happen in our lifetimes where maybe 20, 30 years ago, there was too little to do, and now there's too much. And I think a lot of these old textbooks that are written, these old ideas aren't taking into account this change and, and the way the world works and it's more of an Eastern philosophy, but everything's dynamic. So certain skill sets are gonna become more important and more valuable depending on the circumstances. And this may change eventually again in the future, but it's that working on what's the biggest thing. Lydia? Um, do you think that, like, people misunderstand what the biggest thing might be? Or, like, some people will assume that, um, like, tax or task A is way more important than task B. But in reality, they're just diluted into um, a false sense of importance 
for that task and they're actually like messing up their whole priority yeah so there's a lot of people who have that issue but the problem is um so a hundred percent even if people are taught this lesson and taught to work on the biggest things or or the, where the biggest challenge or the biggest opportunity is, there's a lot that just have some kind of what we'll call flawed programming. Mm -hmm. And that flawed programming, um, as a result of flawed programming, they make bad decisions. But I don't think that's a concern right now because there's just so many people that don't even understand the pro programming. They yeah. don't even mm -hmm. understand, like, this is something I should be thinking yeah. about. And it should be almost the utmost uh, important question I ask myself before I work on anything. Uh, so so even by understanding it, and I get maybe a, a large subset of the people who understand it will misuse it because they have flawed programming, but there are just far too few people doing this mm -hmm. that the biggest concern is let's have more people thinking about this and, and the revenue generation and um, and whatnot, you know. So like for business, generally speaking, uh, that idea comes into the uh, the the idea that you want to be focused on how do I generate more revenue, especially if you're a startup or you're earlier on and you haven't matured as a company. How do I drive more revenue um, as opposed to your expenses? But even at life sometimes, and this happens, like I'll give you an example. I have a business that's not, it's, it makes me some decent money, but I need to get into a lot of arguments and a lot of issues with different people that takes me away from what my I feel my highest value to the mm -hmm. world is and some of the bigger problems I can solve by putting my head yeah. toward them, right? And and by being cognizant that this is the case, I can maybe mitigate or eliminate against that. You get, you get caught up in the BS rather than focusing on what's actually important just because of the circumstances. Yeah, but because I know this theoretical rule mm -hmm. or law, I'm less likely to somebody who doesn't. Because then what they do, like I had an uncle actually, um, you know, he, he took one of his employees to labor court, labor court, and uh, you know, there was uh, everything happened, and he was there, following the case, and had his words and and whatnot. But like literally, that time is so valuable. He could have been working on so many different things. Yeah. And so now, because you're being attacked in so many different ways, in terms of your idea and your brain power, on your phone, people, text, email, you name it, every, every single place that gets very easy to understand what's important and what isn't. And actually not doing stuff is very important mm -hmm. and figuring out what not to do. Um, and so this, I think, is a huge change that's happened. Um, and this huge change is, is the world's still trying to grasp on how to deal with this. And the reason is because, and I talk about energy a lot, I talk about energy a lot, <coughs> and um, thoughts are the precursor to action and actions like the ultimate energy. Um, and so, so what I mean by, um, hey, it's the things you think about. The things you think about will eventually be, you will never act on anything unless you've thought about it previously. Of course. So not everything you think about will become action, mm -hmm. but nothing that you act on will you have never thought about. Mm -hmm. So the way we think and the things we think about create a big difference. And now, so that's the biggest advantage of Western society, and I'll explain. So there's this book I read a long time ago, it's called Guns, Germs, and Steel, okay? And the author, I don't know, have you read it? Nope. Do, do you know what it's about? Nope. In a nutshell, it basically just kind of gives us uh, a catch-up on the world, why is the world the way it is, and why were certain people in certain places, and certain people explored and certain people didn't. It's kind mm -hmm. of like a... It's like a, how history was written, essentially? Uh, yeah, how, how, how the world came to be mm -hmm. as it is now. Yeah. Right, um, and it takes into account like many, many, many different factors. Mm -hmm. And one of the arguments for the points the author has in this point is, so there's this uh, 
this concept or this idea that Europeans were smarter than other races mm -hmm. because they they they, they um, discovered so much of the world, and he's trying to refute this in the book. Yeah. Okay, um, and I don't know what the answer to that is. I'm not saying they are or they're not, right? But what what I'm saying is I'm as trying to keep an open mind. The point he had in his book was if you put a European in Papua New Guinea, and he has to survive that jungle and all the different stuff that's uh, a native Papua New Guinea has to deal with, he would have no chance. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say I buy into his idea there, right? Because the, there's the homicide rate in those native villages huge. is huge. Yeah. There's so many different things. You have to be extremely paranoid. There's so many different people trying to trap you in different ways mm -hmm. that I'm almost sure he's right. And I'm not. I'm like, not, let's not even get into like the natural traps and like it's like a it's a jungle, you know. Sure, but okay. Let's see the mm -hmm. kid of the European yeah. who was born there. So, so, yeah. we, so we filter out those variables, okay. right? Because you you have to give it like an equal level mm -hmm. playing field. But I, I still agree that he's probably right about this, right? But I think what he did was in some ways confuse what intelligence is, and the idea is. As we grow and our society grows, we want our citizens and the brains of our country or our nations thinking about because there's a limited amount of brain power you have, I don't want you to be thinking about your own risk. That if a cop pulls you over, your life might be over. That you might go to jail based on some kind of corrupt regime. Mm -hmm. And the more you have to be worried about these things that aren't necessary. Um, to your existence but just to protect yourself or what are you going to eat for the next meal or you know is the company that you work with um, going to lay you off so the more you're thinking about things that aren't necessary to growth and the biggest things the more we're destroying or taking advantage of of your human capital mm -hmm. and there's a huge opportunity cost yeah so the problem in those societies is they might be smarter at those things in terms of how to survive in those type of situations but the opportunity cost is imposed on those brains is huge because they can't actually build anything significant or come up with like crazy ideas that may change the world because they ha they're so busy just surviving yeah. And the same thing, like, and, and I consult businesses as well. I've seen lots of businesses where they're in emergency mode and they're running from one thing to another and they're using their brain power on, like, how do I get this money in my bank account before the day event, before the end of business, so I don't go insolvent and this person can get paid and that can be. They're too busy putting out fires to. They're being tactical and they're putting out fires and they can't build anything, yeah. right? So those societies in the form are a version of that. Mm -hmm. So someone who's very, very, very good at putting out fires doesn't mean that person's a smarter person. Eventually, over time, what would happen in a society where you don't need to put up fires because the society had the mechanisms to, to balance that out, um, in a society where you didn't need to put up fires because the society itself had a lot of, and you trusted the systems in the society, you're allowed to use your brain for more conceptual abstract thinking, which as a result of more conceptual abstract thinking, um, you're, you're, you're going to, um, um, build bigger things, mm -hmm. change bigger ideas, uh, give back to the world society in a, in a lot bigger way, right? And and so that's those are the two contrasting ways people think about things, right? The issue is we only have a limited amount of things we can think on. So the more we're thinking on things that don't matter, the more we're robbing ourselves on thinking of the things of that like, do matter. Yep, higher and, level thoughts. And big things, mm -hmm. right? And so we can see this on a society level, but even at a personal level, I think a lot of people, the problem is 
anything that's really, 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 really big that you want to think about generally isn't urgent, generally speaking. And the motivation to keep your thought process on thinking on something that big and that grand um, over a long period of time becomes hard because when things are urgent, you get a high. Yeah. Well, there's an adrenaline rush from getting it done because there's such a tight deadline. And the other time you have to wait, you have to plan, you have to, and it gets slow. At some point, you're going to you lose your motivation. Fr- yeah. You might not even see the fruits of your labor mm-hmm. until you're like 70. Yeah. Right? And you may not even see it. You just may give it, a, you may just add it to society, mm-hmm. right? And so you get endorphin rush, you get all these different rushes. So as a result of this, the way we're wired, and you see a lot of people, they, they get very dramatic over very little things. And so much of their cognitive resources go toward, why did this person say this about me? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Do you know what I mean? And, and they'll spend two hours about that. Meanwhile, maybe there's some like brilliant mind that understands like linguistics really well. And they could be adding so much more to the world, to society. And, and we're robbing that time away. And I'm not saying, hey, you know, don't live life, don't have breaks. Uh, fine, you know, life's about balance. But the way we're wired is actually sometimes within us not to focus on the biggest things and by being cognizant that that's the case that there's gonna be some things that feel like a huge slap in the face but in the big scheme of things they're like nothing mm-hmm. and they just sting right now and 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 having the ability to be like detached and okay no problem and i'm going to continue to do what i do i think the biggest thing with people is the lack of foresight you know it's easy to have hindsight because it's already happened and you sit there and you think about it and you can gain some sort of insights if you are insightful enough about your life. But for us, I feel like people will have certain thoughts and they're like, no, no, no. Like they, they don't think about it in a long-term perspective. It's what can I do with it now? Because like that's just how society is built, especially now. Instant gratification. If I can get happy with it now, if I can see the return of it right now. So that's like the thing you said about the adrenaline rush from putting out fires right now. I just feel like that's where um, a lot of people... Even they don't even think about maybe going into those higher level thoughts just because it's it requires so much foresight and effort to think about it. It's just easier to focus on like the nitty gritty things for right now. Yeah. So and so and that's a differing situation of the two societies. So Western society compared to let's say the, the Papua New Guinea native society, right? Over there, you're not going to survive if you think about big, 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 yeah. big things. You mm-hmm. won't even survive. You're dead. Yeah. Right. And it's maybe because you weren't smart at the things that you need to be smart mm-hmm. for that society. Yeah. And that's why I think intelligence has to be more dynamic. The mm-hmm. definition. Meanwhile, in Western society, if you don't focus on the gossip and maybe some of the quad one firefighting kind of situations, you will survive. Oh, yeah. But the other problem beyond that is the way we're wired as human beings is to focus on that stuff Mm -hmm. so now it's almost like another level you need to jump and that level is it doesn't matter how we're wired you have the impulse control and the discipline to understand we're wired that way and you have the knowledge and foresight to understand that that's probably robbing you and your cognitive abilities of doing bigger things and so you you stand not to focus on those things and you focus on, on on bigger things that you can add and add value to the world right um, and I'm not saying even if someone attempts to focus on the biggest things, it may be very difficult to see. Like, like I'll give you an example. Um, if you looked at me a few years ago, you know, like eight, nine, ten years ago, maybe some of the business ideas I was working on compared to what my age was at that point were very small relatively to what other people could have been working on. Um, 
and as a result I robbed myself of opportunity to grow um, but then at the same time you don't know which way the future is going to meander I guess mm -hmm. and and those could have built the nuanced thinking about certain things that I wouldn't have got had I been working on bigger things. I don't know. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It could have gone the other way as well. Mm -hmm. But that's a little bit of the problem. But my issue, my big thing, my big bottleneck, what I feel the big bottleneck here is, and that's why I'm not talking about some of the issues of uh, the some people being delusional about what they think the most important thing is and or sometimes being confused, like legitimately being confused because one thing that looks small actually ends up being bigger. Mm -hmm there's still not enough people that understand because our brain can only think of our brain so even though the amount of information we can handle has quintupled or even like 20-fold uh, the amount of information not that we can handle the amount of information that comes across to us has 20-fold over the last 30 years our brain and the ability of it to handle that information hasn't changed much mm -hmm. very little so that's what changes had our brain changed at the same same speed that the information access changed the information that's coming toward us changed then there would be no problem there would be no trade-off because we could just handle all the information but because there's now a dynamic where we have so much less resources to handle the information what becomes a very strong strong ability is the ability to establish and focus your thoughts on the biggest things mm -hmm. and sometimes that means like being detached right and maybe being detached didn't have as much value earlier on or being objective didn't have as much value so so that's kind of how society's progressed and 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 whatnot um so anything you want to add about that mm, no i don't have a question that comes to mind right now maybe later and so the other thing that's kind of related but isn't the exact same thought but it's like somewhat related is a lot of how we learn i think people don't understand it um so there's when we're subconsciously thinking about things and when we're consciously thinking about things. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Western society is consciously thinking about things, consciously thinking about things. But once you have those thoughts and they're bouncing around your head and you just let them bounce around and you basically stop paying attention and leading them in any way, they're going to cross-pollinate, they're going to fertilize mm -hmm. other thoughts yeah. and that value, when you get that type of production from yourself, it's almost never when you're actually working. Mm -hmm. It's when you're driving your car, in the shower, um, going for a walk, just doing something else that's not required. Yeah. And, and that mind-wandering exercise here where people may think that are extremely, extremely results-driven, they might lack it. And uh, like I think I even discussed with you today that I need to like earmark a certain amount of time just drive mm -hmm. or go for walks. Because I came up with an idea today as a result of my driving. I don't know what it's going to do for the firm at the end of the day, um, but the potential it has is a lot more than me working and moving my other ideas forward. Mm -hmm. and, and I think I do have to understand partly what my core competency is. It's usually coming up with ideas. Um, and, and so I need to have a certain amount of time doing that and then, and, and then working on the biggest things. But that's what I'm saying. It gets really, really tough in this world where there's so much stuff coming at us. Yeah. And there's going to be some stuff that's emotional and there's going to be some stuff where someone screws you over and you want to get them back in mm -hmm. those like very human emotions like vengeance and, and uh, um, you know, feeling ashamed are going to come and attack you. And they're going to, the, all these emotions that we're wired with as human beings tend to take you away from what we are, what our biggest selves would work on. Mm -hmm. And having the ability to manage those. So those are in a way your enemies 
in terms of moving toward a society or a lifestyle where you're working on the biggest things possible, your biggest enemy is understanding this concept. Mm -hmm. And once you understand the concept that you have a limited amount of time, you have a limited amount of bandwidth, you want to spend all of your time working on your biggest opportunities. Once you understand that, the second thing is implementation. And, and that could be as simple as like, before doing any task, asking yourself a question, is this the biggest thing I could be working on right now? You know, and there's different ways of wiring it, putting it in your car, but that's something you want to constantly be thinking about. Are, is this the biggest thing? Is there more? And and don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean you don't socialize, you don't play sports, because mm -hmm. those things have their I own think they advantage. they add value. And they balance mm -hmm. you, and they and they they sometimes mm -hmm. lead to those subconscious thoughts. Yeah. Assume you live a balanced life, and you're working on the biggest thing, and you understand it, and you're working on it. The other big issue that you want to have when you're working on like really, really, really big things is you want to let your mind wander. Yeah. Okay, you want to get away from those big things so you can cross pollinate and you can continue to come up with different things. I think that like the important thing there is that to let your mind wander about these things is that you're you need to have like a strong foundation in understanding the system and like knowing to maybe like subdue some of your very raw human emotions to like take on bigger ideas and prioritize them and only then can you really let your mind wander because like once you have your priorities in order you can let yourself wander and like think and gain insights from various different aspects of your life whether you've learned a uh, lesson about teamwork in sports you play about uh, perseverance and letting like creativity flow in an art class you can let those things cross pollinate i think only after you've already learned the system understood it and like used it to your benefit because otherwise people get like they let their minds wander on the the wrong things or they let their minds wander they just like have a like a swimming pool of all this information but they can't gain insight on it because they haven't really prioritized they don't know what they're looking for you know and i mean to that point and i agree with you so i think especially with anything that's kind of creative oriented you you have more creativity the more parameters or restrictions mm -hmm. you give yourself so if you give yourself some restrictions, it helps because now the ideas and the creativity you're having around it is to encompass those those yeah. parameters in place. Um, so I, I think that's key. You're right. But I think a lot of people, if you don't get those rules and structures in terms of how to think about the world, how to think about things at an early enough age, it becomes very difficult to fabricate them later. Yeah. And so you see some of these people, they're creative and they'll come up with ideas, but they're just wacky ideas mm -hmm. that uh, have very little sense. And I think the other thing that really helps your ideas, and we're kind of going on a tangent here, is actually executing. When you get into the practical world and you follow through on your ideas and you see what's involved, you, you understand ideas at a, such a, a, a lot more of a rich level. And you understand what's involved, what the work is, and you, and, and you can prioritize and, and take it from there. Um, but back to the main thing. We... The strength of Western society right now is essentially that you don't need to spend your time thinking about things that are necessary, but they're not producing the biggest things of your life. That's the strength. But the deficiency in human nature is we tend to want to work on things that are going to give us instant payoff. Mm -hmm. But you have the opportunity here where even if you were a radical thinker or somebody who had very big ideas and genius like ways, you couldn't do it in Papua New Guinea because you'd be dead. Yeah. Okay. That's not what's important there. It's, it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no value for it and you wouldn't survive. 
because some you know some other person is going to poison you or, or whatnot and so you have the opportunity but i think the next jump for society is when we as a species have more handle on our emotions and can even through the ups and downs of emotionality still kind of be clear and sober about what our priorities and what the biggest things for ourselves are and that's where i kind of see things going it's probably one of the harder things to do for a person but i feel like it's hard to do but once it's done can be very beneficial for the progress of society or like even individuals you just become a better person for it yeah and and i'm not saying that what's valuable may not be money Mm -hmm. that just depends on your value system um but the idea is no matter what someone's value system is today i'm almost sure they're they're not being consistent to playing along with it yeah that's really what i'm saying i'm not saying it has to be economically inclined i think um i think we'll leave it at that it's uh lydia they're signing off and aj thank you so much and follow us at the new truths one on twitter and subscribe to the podcast thank you so much